So we've been talking about fears and frustrations in our SOS series, um, and we have been calling out distress signals to God in different areas of our lives. And today we're going to be focusing on faith, um, and I'm really excited because we have Ricky and Susie Medrano here with us. And Ricky and Susie have been coming to this church since 1995. They are active volunteers, always willing to serve. Um, they're youth sponsors and help at the Welcome Center. They have been married for 37 years. So Ricky, yeah, isn't that awesome? Uh, Ricky is a professional truck driver, and Susie works at the North Testus District Assemblies of God office. Um, they have two awesome kids and five grandkids already. Um, and so today they are just going to share with us. I want to um, start off by just already saying thank you to them um, because they have never shared this story before in a public setting, um, and it's really going to speak to you all today. So I'm just going to turn it over to you all and let you all share with us. I got a whole bunch of SOS calls that I can dig up from to give you guys because it's been a long journey since I first came to the Lord in, in 95. But my, I get what my main testimony is um, that um, I'm going to try to encourage the ladies uh, and try to help out the guys. Uh, my personal problem back in the day was drinking. I was uh, never called myself an alcoholic, but if you can't stop drinking, I guess you're an alcoholic. <laughs> as simple as that. Um, but that was one of my main, um, the, the, the main thing God delivered me from when I first came to the Lord back in 95. I'm so grateful for that, that opportunity that God gave me. But I know now that, uh, that not only that, I mean, he helped me deliver him through that, but the struggles that we had and, and through faith and all that. Of my wife having the faith to know and, uh, what God can do in my, in my life, um, eventually when I came to the Lord, I started experiencing faith. So my encouragement is to try to help those all around as I don't never give up. And, and my main thing is now that uh, my personal, like I said, is, uh, is drinking. It was a... Uh, uh, people could call it a disease, but it ain't no disease. It's just a preference that people want, and that was me. I've been drinking since I was 14 years old. Uh, drank a lot, and I was giving it okay. But the point is that um, uh, when I wanted to stop, I couldn't stop. And at the age of 37, I came to find out that I have my daughter, Anita, and, and she was like 12 years old, 11. And then my son, Teacher, he was, he was real small too, about seven, six or seven. So I told myself, um, I don't want him to grow up like me, to have the struggles that I have, because I wanted to stop doing that. But now, through that issue um, of trying to stop, uh, not only that, that I didn't want them to see what I would go through, or to go through the struggles I'm going, because I did give my wife a lot of hassle. Uh, believe me, uh, there was times that she didn't know where I was. There was time I would come home all drunk and music all full blast. And me personally, I was okay. I had nothing to do with that, but she was the one struggling, knowing that she didn't want a, a husband that would um, uh, be able to be an example for her kids, which is our kids, you know. And so, But I couldn't see that. And I know a lot of our guys that uh, we are blind when it comes to that. So uh, not only through faith of my wife, now we've seen God move through that issue. So I'm here to encourage, try to encourage everybody that, that it's so important as a father figure to be able to do that because God, I knew I had to change, but I didn't know how. So when I came to the Lord, God started moving in my life, started changing my ways of thinking, ways of doing. Now I'm proud to 
say that my son Ticho, as we know, we got a church in New York City, the greatest place up there. And my son is a music worshiper over there, and I'm so proud of him. And now our grandson's son is going to Sagu here and watch the hash. He wants to be touched, to be used for the youth pastor. And, and right now he's involved in the church right now, the youth area, to play the music as my following my son, teacher footsteps, giving God glory. And now I can see in faith what God has done that he wanted to do in my life, and I want him to be changed, and now I see it back there. And a lot of people can't see that to the struggles of life. And uh, but I can keep on going. But I let my wife uh, say a little bit of uh, the struggles. And, and there she goes. Yes. Um, Ricky and I have been on a journey. A journey since, I mean, 25 years ago. I don't think I'll even be able to sit here and talk about my life. I'm very private. And I'm very secret to our family. Yes, she is. <laughs> and I've always told Ricky, don't say that. Don't say that. You've got to have a filter. But you know what? His heart is for God. His heart is its a dwelling. I can call it a temple because I love the way he prays, Lord, praises the Lord. But 25 years ago, he didn't. He didn't go through that path that I have gone through because I know who God is. And I'm known as a little girl, 11 years old. I used to teach catechism in a Catholic church. But then I understand that it's not about the religion. It's about my relationship with God. And that relationship with God, the ladies there at church planted a seed in my heart. And with that seed, I pray for it to prosper. And I would teach those little girls at 12 years old, 11 and 12, all the way to 15. And I realized that those kids have that love. One day when I get married, I want my kids to have that love and that desire for Christ. But it took the faith of God. It took that faith of step. One day when Ricky came home and he was really, really drunk, I mean, his pickup truck was all over the front yard and the music was loud. Yeah, like it was. That's <laughs> so the next morning. And my bedroom window is right by the front door. So um, um, he pulled in, the pickup truck's coming, and I was like, oh, my goodness, he's here. What am I going to do? So I made sure I got up and I closed the bedroom doors for my kids because I knew he's hyper, but when he's drunk, he's super hyper. And so he would come in rowdy, like, where are you? And and, and just going on. (laughs) And I would say, like, I'm right here. You know, I'm here. And so um, trying to be the mom to to be good for my kids and trying to be the mom in a worldly life, real hard. It's hard. I couldn't fake it anymore. And I didn't want to make it to where he was going to leave me because that was my, my bond, in other words, my provider. He was everything. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Making a long story short, going forward, he came in drunk and he came in and, and I told him I made I'm, I'm, I heated up his food, and he was so drunk. He's, like, crawling in. And then he went to the bedroom, and he went to sleep. And then I, I just sat on the kitchen. I went to the kitchen, and I said, God, I can't take this. I cannot take this anymore. My kids are in the bedroom, not knowing what's going on. I need a man of God. I need, I need for you to surround me in your presence. I need that coveted faith. 
I need that gratefulness that you promised me at the age of 11. I need for you to come now. And I started praying. I palm my foot. I mean, I was stumping the kitchen. I started like getting my anointing oil and just putting it all over the house. I went in the bedroom and I was putting it all over him. I mean, I everywhere. thought I was dreaming. I thought it was yeah, raining he in my dream. Told me the next day, boy, every, I felt all this stuff on me. But I started putting all the oil over him, and then I, the, the Lord just place in my heart, write the word faith, faith, because God, because you know Susie very well that I've, I've, I've had prosper you to be who you are and did, and I started getting papers, and I started writing faith, God, you are so good, you are strong, I'm not going to fake this anymore, I'm going to be where you want me to be, I'm going to have that gratitude that you said as a little girl that I can do all things that would not prosper, that would prosper me, and when I, and I was like, oh, this is it, this is it, and so then during that time, I just say, you know what, God, okay, for me and my house, we will serve you. Satan, you are out of here. I literally opened the doors, and I was like, nope, you're out, Satan. Get out, get out, get out. And I was just going on and on. I went in my kid's bedroom, started praying. And I want all you ladies to know, pray. Faith is strong. It is a stronghold that you would always want to hold on to because I'm a witness to it, and I want you to know that our family, as we became one, I mean, it's Ricky and I and God. It's a threefold and that threefold, it'll be in your home. Yeah. Well, hold on, sister. Oh, hold on. I, know, I know we don't have a second service, Pastor, so I'm just going to give a minute of encouragement <laughs> to the ladies. And I'm going to stand up a little bit. Uh-oh. I'm going to start preaching, Pastor. Uh, <laughs> but I want to encourage the single parents, single moms, especially single moms. Uh, our heart goes to you guys. You wish uh, your husbands could be here. And the, I mean single, I mean being here by yourself and not with your husband beside you. That's what I mean by that. Uh, don't give up. My wife did it for for a while, and and I am living proof that through faith and through prayer, it can be done. I'm here. Plus, not only that, uh, the husbands that are here, uh, I'm encouraging you guys that uh, continue to give God glory and continue to worship and show God how much you love him because he will do for you because you are the leader of your household. You have to be a leader of your household because, like I said, my, grand, my son and my grandson, they're all following the Lord. Your kids, especially you young couples, kids are going up real fast. I'm a grandfather. How fast my own kids grew so I'm telling you guys, um, continue this church. The pastor's got an awesome teaching, an awesome leadership, an awesome word for your soul, for your spirit, for your whole family. It'll last you a whole life through. So keep it up, and I love you guys. And you guys are privileged to hear our first testimony ever. And uh, I'm not happy for you guys. And guys, don't give up. If I can help somebody, give me a shout. I'm very happy Aren't they to help awesome, you guys? Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. The writer of Hebrews writes and he says, But without faith, it is impossible. It is what? Without faith, it is impossible to please him, which is God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, we are presently in a series called SOS. We understand the SOS signal is sent out in times of distress and crisis. The SOS signal we are sending out today is, help me with my faith. Let me give you my definition for the word faith. Faith, I believe, is the ability 
to believe even when there is no evidence to support it. For example, to have faith for rain when there's not even a cloud in the sky. Let me ask you this question this morning. Have you ever had a crisis of faith? Have you ever had to battle doubt? If you have lived past childhood, you have. Well, today I'm going to talk about three things concerning faith. And I want to begin with number one this morning. I want to talk a little bit about the truth, the truth about faith. Let me suggest, first of all, it is given to all. You know, people say, I don't have any faith. I don't have any faith. I sure wish I did, but I just don't have any. Wrong. Everyone has faith. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3 says that God has given to everyone a measure of faith. God has given to who? God has given to everyone a measure of faith. Now, now not everyone has the same measure, but everyone has a measure of faith. And it's what we choose to do or not do with our God-given faith that counts. So as we talk about the truth about faith, first of all, what is the truth? And that is that it is given to all. Second thing I'd like to say here, and that is, it can be grown. It can be grown. Romans chapter number 12, or excuse me, Romans chapter number 10 and verse 17 says, faith comes from hearing the word of God. Where does faith come from? Well, first of all, it comes as God's gift. God has given to man, God has given to every man the measure of faith. So where does faith come from? First of all, it comes as a gift from God. But second, it comes from hearing God's word. Now, you might be sitting there thinking and saying, Pastor, why, why should we get up early every Sunday morning and come and sit in here and listen to you preach? Well, because I preach so good. (laughs) Pastor, why should we get up early every Sunday morning? There's so many. Oh, it'd be so awesome. Wonderful to be able to turn over and go back to sleep. Oh, there are so many other things that we could be doing. We've got so much on our plate. Pastor, why should we get up early every Sunday morning and come in here and sit in here and listen to you preach? And the answer is so your faith can grow. So you can grow your faith. Because I'm telling you, friend, the time will come when you will need more than the little seed of faith that God planted in you at conception. The time will come in your life when when baby faith will not get you through what you're going through. Hear me this morning. The time will come when what you are facing will require mature faith to help you if you're going to overcome. Oh, the good news is this morning we don't have to settle for little faith, but we can cultivate our faith and we can grow it and it can become giant faith. And how do we grow our faith? Faith comes from hearing the word of God. Notice the third thing about faith. That is, it can be grueling. James chapter 1 verse 2 through 4 says, when your faith is tested, when your faith is what? When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be mature and in need of nothing. Hey, growing our faith is not fun. It's not fun to grow faith. 
Growing our faith requires a struggle. Growing our faith requires grinding through some very tough situations. And and, and here's the dilemma. And the dilemma is that we want God to get us out of all of our hardships. We want him to get us out of all of our difficulties. We want God to get us out of all of our problems. Our prayer is, God, get me out. God, get me out. God, get me out. God, get me out. But the problem is, God usually chooses not to get us out, but rather to get us through. Hear me this morning. Our faith has grown the most through endurance, not through escape. Now, it's the next thing about faith. I want to talk about the test of faith. The test of faith. See, true faith passes the test. In school, the proof that the student has truly learned the material that has been taught is that they pass the test. Faith that has passed the test will do three things. First of all, it will see the invisible. True faith will see the invisible. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1 says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. See, it's not that we can see it with our natural eye. If we can see it with our natural eye, we don't need faith. It's not that we can see it with our natural eye, but through the eyes of the Spirit, through eyes of faith, we can see what will be before it actually is. Fifteen and a half years ago, when my wife and I arrived here, this property where this church sits was just a raw piece of dirt. There wasn't even one square foot of building on this entire property 15 and a half years ago when my wife and I arrived. Through natural eyes, there was nothing to see. But my wife and I, we we looked through eyes of faith and we saw what is here today. What is here today, my wife and I saw in the Spirit, we saw through eyes of faith then what is here now. See, see, if I only look with my natural eyes 15 and a half years ago, I will tell you that I would not have taken on this assignment. Because in the natural, it looked too bleak. But through eyes of faith, we saw what is here today before it was here. In fact, fact of the matter is, I remember, and it's almost like it was yesterday, as my wife and I were driving by this property, and both of us looked at each other at the same time, and out of our mouths, simultaneously, we both said to each other, in two years, it will come about. And guess what? We were elected pastors of this church April the 9th, 2003. And on January the 9th, 2005, three months less than two years later, we moved in to our first new building. And the church immediately began to grow. 
What am I saying this morning? Am I trying to make myself look good? No, I'm just using an illustration. Just letting you know that that it's true. Amen? True faith will see the invisible. It will see what others do not see. So let me ask you the question this morning. How do you see your problem? How do you see your problem? Are you looking with natural eyes or are you looking at your problem through eyes of faith? Let me ask you this morning, uh, 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 are you seeing it as it is or are you seeing it as it can be, as it should be, as it will be? How are you looking at your marriage? How are you looking at your finances? How are you looking at your job situation? How are you looking at, at that rebellious, messed up kid of yours? How, how, how are you looking at your struggling ministry? I ask you this morning, can you look with eyes of faith? Can you look past the problem and can you see the provision? We're talking about the test of faith. Listen, listen, not only will true faith see the invisible, but listen, listen, it will speak the impossible. It will see the invisible, and then it will speak the, the impossible. Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus said, You can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And Jesus said, If you speak in faith and if you do not doubt, Jesus said, What you say will be done for you. True faith will speak the impossible. When my wife and I arrived here 15 and a half years ago, there were a lot of people saying a lot of things. Very few of them were positive. There were a lot of people saying all the reasons why this church would not survive. I was told by some people that I was walking into a a hornet's nest. Soon discovered that person that told me about it was the chief hornet. <laughs> I was told by, by some people I was, that I was walking into a hornet's nest, and I was told by some people that I was taking on an impossible situation, that I was taking on a lost cause. But let me, let me tell you this morning that my wife and I refused to listen to the naysayers. Not only did I refuse and my wife refused to listen to the naysayers, I had a little nucleus of people who shut their ears as well. Some of those people are sitting in this congregation this morning and you know the magnitude of the miracle that you're sitting in today. And I remember those early days and I even went back to my records and began to look back at what I preached back in those days and, and, I, and I, I remembered it and I, I remembered correctly that I began speaking words of faith to a wounded and hurting and struggling, angry, many hopeless I began speaking messages of faith. I began speaking words of faith. And I look back and one of my early sermons was entitled, Making a Comeback. Making a Comeback. And in this message, I challenged the people to believe that the Lord could not only bring the church back to what it was, but he could make the new house greater than the former house. 
He could help us not only survive, but thrive. Oh, I ask you this morning, I ask you, who dare? Who will dare speak words of faith? Who will dare speak blessing instead of cursing? Who will speak life instead of death? Who will speak prosperity instead of poverty? Proverbs 18 and 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Hear me this morning. Hear me this morning. True faith will see the invisible and true faith will speak the impossible. And number three this morning, true faith will struggle through the intimidating times. See, maintaining and manifesting faith is not always easy. Sometimes it's a struggle. You know, sometimes we look at people who seem to have it all together who appear to be sailing through life with a breeze. Everything seems to always fall into place for them. Uh, and we assume that they have always had it easy and that everything has always come to them easy. But listen, this morning no one knows what's really going on. As the old country and western song says, no one knows what's going on behind closed doors. Hear me this morning. Listen, believe me this morning. Everyone struggles with their faith sometimes. Everyone struggles with their faith. Oh, oh, but hear me this morning. True faith will struggle through. Yes, the struggle is real. But a person with genuine faith will continue to struggle until they get through what they are going through. Such was the case with a man who had a, had a boy, a son, who was possessed with demons. The story is found in Mark chapter number 9. In verses 23 and 24, the Bible says that Jesus said to this man, this man who had his son with him, who, who was demon-possessed, Jesus said to this man, if you can believe, all things are possible. Him who believes. Verse 24, the father of the child cried out with tears. Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. The father of the child cried out with tears and he said, Lord, I believe. But could you help me with my unbelief? This man sent out an SOS. He had faith, but he was struggling. Struggling in his faith. Ever been there? I believe. I want to believe. I'm trying to believe. Honestly, I need help if I'm going to keep believing. Ever been there? Everyone struggles in their faith sometimes. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to struggle with your faith. It's not okay to quit. It's not okay to give up. But it's okay to struggle. 
to pass the test of faith, one must struggle through the times of intimidation. All right, we've talked a little bit about the truth about faith and the test of faith. Now, now I want to look for just a few moments. I want to talk about the triumph of faith. Let me suggest this, and that is it is effective in every area of life. Mark 9 and 23, again, Jesus said, if you can believe, Jesus said, all things are possible. How many things? Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. So if that be true, and I believe that it is, and then no matter what we might be facing, no matter what we may be going through, no matter how bad things might be, our faith can sustain us, our faith can steady us, and eventually our faith can see us through to success. I have a challenge for you this morning. I challenge you to read through the 11th chapter of Hebrews. And as you read through the 11th chapter of Hebrews, I challenge you to just see what the capabilities of faith are. I want to read just a few of these verses to you out of Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews 11 and verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. This all began because of faith. By faith we understand the worlds were formed or were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. God made this out of nothing, didn't he? Made out of nothing. I love that old story of the, of the guy that challenged God. God, I can create anything you can create. God says, well, I'll take that challenge. And the guy said, okay. And the guy stooped down and grabbed himself a handful of dirt. And God said, "Uh uh-uh, get your own dirt. God started with nothing. He spoke the word through faith. He spoke the world into existence by faith. Verse 5, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Before, because before he was taken away, he had this testimony that he pleased God. How did he do that? By faith. Amen. Verse 7, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. God says, build an ark, there's going to be rain. Noah says, what's rain? Can you imagine the faith it took on Noah's part to build a boat for something they didn't even know what it was? Verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Verse 20, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. Verse 21, by faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of his sons of, uh, sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. Verse 22, by faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Can you imagine what kind of faith Moses had to have? 
And verse number 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith, who through faith, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of, of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turning to flight the armies of the aliens. I'm telling you, friends. I'm telling you that, 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 that faith is triumphant. I'm telling you that faith is effective in every single area of life. Amen. Not only is it effective in every area of life, but I would also say that it is a great equalizer. Well, I like this sub point this morning. Get a hold of this if you don't get a hold of anything else. It is the great equalizer. Hear me this morning, what we may lack in gifts and talents and abilities, we can make up for in faith. You look around at other people and they're better looking than you. You know, they might be stronger than you. They may be more talented, more gifted, have more abilities than you. And you kind of shrink back and think, I can't do anything great. I can't do anything profound. But I'm telling you this morning that what we lack in gifts, talents, and abilities, we can make up for in faith. Faith is the great equalizer. Take the story of David and Goliath, for instance. Goliath was a giant. David was just a teenager. Goliath was tall. David was vertically challenged. Goliath was a soldier. David was a shepherd. Goliath was powerful. David had pimples. Hear me, David was no match for Goliath. Listen, the odds were a thousand to one in favor of the giant, except, say except, except David had a secret weapon. I'm going to tell you that the secret weapon that David had was not a slingshot and five rocks. The the secret weapon that David had, his secret weapon was faith. Listen, listen to what David had to say to this giant in 1 Samuel chapter number 17, verses 45 through 47. It says, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, in the name of the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear, for the, for the battle is the Lord's and he's going to deliver you into our hands. I'm telling you that we have a secret weapon today. We may not have the gifts and the talents and the abilities of somebody else, but faith is the great equalizer. I'm telling you this morning through faith, there's absolutely nothing that cannot be overcome. There's no mountain too tall. There's no valley too low. Amen. There's nothing that will come against us in our life that we cannot overcome. Amen. As we use our faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a shout of praise in his house. So do not allow the giant that you are facing to intimidate you. You intimidate the giant with your faith. Well, we're talking about the triumph of faith this morning. The last thing I want to say here, and that is our eternal destiny is determined by it. Our eternal destiny is determined by it. Ephesians 2 and 8. You hear it every Sunday. For by grace are you saved through 
faith. See, what we do or don't do with our faith will determine our eternal destiny. Everything that could ever be done for our salvation was done for us already through Jesus Christ on the cross. Now it's up to us. God did his best in sending his son. Jesus did his best, amen, in going to the cross. The Holy Spirit did his best by empowering Jesus to go to the cross and empowering him to come back from the grave three days later. Everything that can be done for our salvation has already been done. The only thing left to do in that is for us to put our faith in God's grace. And only when we put our faith in what has already been done for us, the grace of God, only then can we have true salvation. So the question this morning is, have you placed your faith in God's grace for your salvation? If not, why not do it today? The takeaway for the message today is this. The one who gave us our faith is able to help us grind in our faith, enabling it to grow. Oh, if you're struggling in your faith this morning, that just tells me that your faith muscles are being developed. Amen. Listen, listen, we don't get muscles by sitting on the couch eating Twinkies. We only get muscles by getting up off the couch, going to the gym, and pumping some iron. The struggles that you are in, the struggles you're fussing about, the struggles that you're complaining about and you're crying about, those very struggles are the very struggles that God is using to develop your faith, to develop your faith muscles. Because I'm telling you something, boy, you're going to really be excited when you hear this. I'm sure this place will just be full next Sunday. But I'm going to tell you what you're facing now ain't nothing compared to what you're going to face someday. Aren't you glad you came in here to get encouraged this morning? I'm telling you what. I'm telling you the devil has a plan to steal, kill, and destroy. He's already got a plan in effect to do something horrible and awful in your life. But I want to tell you something. God knows about that plan, and so God knows that that day is coming. And so because God knows that day is coming, he's allowing the little tests and the little trials and the little difficulties that you're facing today, amen, and to, to grow your faith and to strengthen your faith muscles so that when the devil comes at you with all that hell has to offer, amen, it ain't going to be nothing because you're going to be just like Popeye. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. When the spinach comes in, man, I'm going to tell you the devil, he don't have a, he don't have a chance. God is preparing you, and he, your struggle is, is, is empowering you and enabling you and strengthening you and growing you for the day when you're going to need it. And none of that was in my notes, so somebody write that down. I want to say that again someday. Amen. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word today. God, I know in my heart today, God, there are people here. Lord, there's some people here that's just playing games with God. They're just just playing around. They're not serious. God, today is the day for them to get serious with you. God, there's some people today, Lord, that's struggling. They are struggling in their faith, oh God. They're like that man, Lord, I believe, but could you help me? Could you help me with my unbelief? I'm struggling. I want to believe. I'm trying to believe. I'm doing my best to believe. Could you help me as I struggle through? And the answer is yes, he can.